0: Welcome to the Spectrum of Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Anne-Louise Gittleman. I had a really fun conversation today with Anne-Louise. We were going to highlight her book, Radical Metabolism, that just relaunched, and we do talk about this, but given the state of everyone's concerns right now, we give you specific action items and things to support your immune system that are more important than ever right now. So please enjoy my conversation today with Anne-Louise well I am so thrilled to have Anne Louise Gittleman on uh, the podcast today she and I have connected a few times and I just think she is such a bright light of wisdom when we when we need it most right now so thank you so much for joining us Anne Louise
1: Oh, I'm so glad to be with you, Christine. It's quite an interesting time, isn't it, right now?
0: I know. We're here in Seattle, and as this is being recorded, and it's really a day-by-day scenario, and I know both of us are so committed uh, to natural health and the power and belief in our immunity, and I think this is a time more than ever to highlight you know, what we know and how what we can share, because as you and I both were chatting, there's so much fear and panic right now. And if we can give people tools and resources and feel empowered, I think that's going to be half the battle uh, right now.
1: You know, I believe in proactive protection, prevention rather than panic, I really think we have to practice the three Ps, and I I think this is a call to action. It's a call to immunity, and whether it's the COVID-19 that is assaulting us, or whether it's another viral issue, or even a bacteria, or a fungus, or God forbid, even a parasite, I think it's time that we really kick up our immunity a notch, and I'd love to chat about that with you, Dr. Christine.
0: Absolutely, and I know that you've already done, I mean, this is your life's work, um, highlighting all of this. And so let's just jump in. Obviously, COVID-19 is on everyone's mind. And so where do we start when we think about powering up our immunity right now?
1: I'd like to go through the ABCs of it, so to speak. And it's really interesting to me, and I know that because of your own background, you're so familiar with vitamin A. But vitamin A, when I was back in school, was always known as the anti-infection vitamin, and I think it's fallen out of favor for some strange reason. And I believe that for people that really want to fight off any kind of assault, that it would be really imperative to do a loading dose of vitamin A. And in the olden days, back in the 60s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, we used to tell our patients to do at least 100,000 IU's for four days to shore up their reserves. That's 100,000 IUs of real vitamin A, not beta carotene, but real vitamin A. And thereafter, about 25,000 IUs. And this is a good time to do so. Are you a believer in vitamin A? Yeah, you know, I think it's such a
0: great tool. And I know the fat soluble vitamins get a bad rap. um, But we actually have a vitamin A protocol that we do in the seasonal flu uh, season where we do 100,000 IUs four times a day for two days. So, you know, probably doing the math, it's the same <laughs> protocol. Um, of course, you know, as we're sharing this, we want everyone to check with their health care provider. But I have seen vitamin A uh, turn people around very quickly. And I, I am a firm believer in that for sure.
1: And so am I. Of course, the caveat here is that pregnant women, of course, shouldn't take high dosages. So we're not talking about those of you that are pregnant, but otherwise at 100,000 IUs of vitamin A for four days in a row, thereafter 25,000 IUs I think will hold us in good stead. So vitamin A is on everybody's list. It is the A number one anti-infection vitamin and it'll do wonders for your skin. We see so many individuals with eczema and psoriasis and itchy skin and all types of dermatitis, vitamin A to the rescue. I think it is so imperative, especially if you've got any kind of dandruff issue, any kind of seborrhea and any kind of issue with your eyes. So to me, that's incredible becoming increasingly important. I think we have to bring it back into popularity. So vitamin A first and foremost. And my second vitamin for immunity, and tell me what you think about this, is vitamin D. Are you a D fan? Yes.
0: That is part of our protocol. We do vitamin A and vitamin D. And I, I would love to hear your thoughts.
1: Well, I love D. D is definitely the bomb, so to speak, and it is so important for fighting infections, especially the flu. I mean, there's all kinds of research several years ago about how important this was for seniors in terms of flu prevention. Now, at the onset of any kind of problem, whether it's a virus problem or a bacterial illness, I believe that it would hold us all in good stead to do at least 50,000 IUs of D daily. And that would be for a period of four to six days. Then you can go back to your normal dose, which might be 5,000 IUs. But I think vitamin D is incredibly helpful. And again, just like vitamin A, it's a fat-soluble vitamin. So it's important to take in an oil-based source. And I don't believe you need to stay on very high levels of any of these types of oil-soluble vitamins, but just for a loading dose, which we may be very deficient in, it's very good to shore up our reserves.
0: I absolutely agree with you, Anne Louise. And what about um, how do you feel about vitamin K2 in light of vitamin D3? Do you use supplements that have um, MK7 alongside or you don't think, how do you feel about that?
1: I think that's important in terms of the calcium deposition. And so I prescribe that in a vitamin that's good for the bones. We've got a bone product called OsteoKey, which has that vitamin K2, which is so very important. So yes, I don't necessarily give it with the vitamin D, but having that coverage, I think is essential. So A and D and K, of course, is another uh, oil soluble vitamins. So, all the oil soluble vitamins I think are so important for immunity. And it seems to me, Dr. Christine, that we're very deficient in these bioavailable sources because so many of us don't metabolize fats properly because we've been eating overly fat diets and not breaking them down, which is where, and I need to just tap this on, of course, which is where a good bile supplement comes into play or a protocol that I release in my new. Uh, radical metabolism so so fat metabolism is not just important for your waistline or for your liver it's important for the utilization of all these fat soluble vitamins and all the immune enhancing properties that they bestow so we've talked about a we've talked about d we've talked about k to some degree i think we need to talk a little bit about vitamin c now vitamin c to me is always important and i'm a believer that you have to take a loading dose until bowel tolerance I especially like the oil-soluble, there you go with the oils again, the oil-soluble vitamin C. And I would take, if, you, if you're if you susceptible to virus or any kind of bacterial infection, I don't mind taking a loading dose of anywhere from 10 to 15 grams a day, and thereafter one gram per hour if you really think that you're susceptible to some sort of illness. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up. We're recommending vitamin C right now for our patients, and you know we also do intravenous vitamin C if people are pretty acute. We've seen that work for so many reasons, but um, but yeah, the bowel tolerance piece is um, important just to basically get enough to fight infection. I feel like that's a um, a key po- point. And are you when you say the oil form of vitamin C, are you um, referring to liposomal? Will people find the products that you're talking like a liposomal vitamin C means the same thing?
1: Or an ascorbate would be fine as well. Ascorbate.
0: Got it. So,
1: so, so either either one. I, I love them all. Of course, not a corn based one. Some people use the Kamu Kamu, and some people use other sources like acerola. So I think a liposomal would probably hold us in good stead. It may be a little bitter to take for some people that are using it, you know, in a liquid form. But I think any kind of time release will do just fine.
0: Mm -hmm. So we have vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin K2, vitamin C, any other vitamins that you're thinking about when we're thinking about boosting our immune system right now?
1: I think we covered the vitamins, but there's certainly some minerals that really need to be of uh, assistance to us and could really work well in this situation. So the vitamins are important. You've got the minerals and maybe we should touch upon a very important antioxidant, which is a hormonal antioxidant, and that's melatonin. So many years ago, I read some research about how important it was to take anywhere from 10 to 20 milligrams of a time-release melatonin to uptick immunity. And I think that's so important, especially now. So for those of us that don't sleep properly, have any kind of autoimmune issue, I think it's important to get at least a 10 to 20 milligram time-release melatonin, especially if you're an adult. Sometimes kids, and most of the time they do, depending upon how much light is in their room, you know, from their electronic equipment, most of of our children are making their own melatonin, which is why so many of them are immune to the virus. They could add in anywhere from one to two milligrams of melatonin to their regular routine. But for adults, I like to add at least 10 to 20 milligrams of time-release melatonin. And we have found with all of our breast cancer patients that, that are so melatonin deficient, it can really turn around a devastating illness. So melatonin is like an unsung hero with any kind of illness, even a cancer diagnosis, but specifically with any kind of viral issue.
0: I love that you're saying this. We're completely on the same page. We've been on a melatonin kick for a while, just for all the reasons you shared. And of course, the uh, neuroprotective and glymphatic reasons as well. And, you know, Dr. Klinghart was sharing research a few days ago that, you know, children are less susceptible to the virus because they have more melatonin. And I I just kind of think, Anne Louise, that we're living in this melatonin deficient time because of modern life. And it just, um, you know, just makes the need that much higher to have those higher doses that we find are safer for people as well.
1: So, and and you know something, I I think that the message, the overall message as I was thinking about our discussion today is not necessarily that we have to take We have to take all of these vitamins, minerals and antioxidants just because there's a viral uh, assault or there's a viral pandemic. But I think we need to shore up our system anyhow in light of any kind of pandemic or any kind of environmental issue that could come our way. And I just want to repeat that theme. I think everybody should take heed and use this as a an opportunity to really make their systems an invisible fortress.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. And, you know, with being on the front lines of the work that you and I both do, we see, you know, more of these chronic conditions, right? And now the the world's kind of um, very much interconnected at the threat of this acute virus. But we have the same message, you know, um, whether it's in our practice or with what is happening right now. You know, our immune systems are amazing. We just have to give them... The things and remove the stress um, to keep us functioning at optimal levels. So I I love this message. And I think it's the most empowering message to connect to right now, especially when you turn on the news right now. um, You know, you can really very easily go into a very fear based and um, overly sympathetic state.
1: Oh, as all my patients and clients are, there's no question. But they, but these are so basic. And what I love about our discussion, Dr. Christine, is these are basic nutrients. There's nothing esoteric or exotic about what we're talking about. We can talk about some of the Amazon forest antivirals and then get into that, but quite frankly this is the basis of and foundation of immunity. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think these are with all um, hopefully within reach for everybody. I know the whole supply and demand issue is pretty insane right now, but I think most people will have access to what we just discussed. And, you know, being a naturopath I love um, always learning about uh, herbs. We have our favorites and I would love to hear ah. your take an herbal medicine that could be supportive during this time.
1: Oh I will. But let's talk about the minerals. Which would you I have two favorite minerals. What are yours?
0: Um well zinc. Um zinc would be
1: big <laughs> zinc. Me too.
0: Um, so well do you want to start with zinc? And I'm thinking selenium, right, for this time as well.
1: You know, I conveniently forgot about selenium because what we're finding is that those individuals that were tested during the SARS epidemic, those that had higher levels of zinc were more immune to the virus, or at least got over it more quickly. So zinc would be important. I love about 200 MCGs per day. So uh, selenium, very, very important. Yeah, selenium is a big one. Great. Zinc is my my all time favorite antiviral mineral and it is exceedingly deficient. You now everybody's talking about magnesium, well zinc is just as important. So, so I think it's important because it shortens the, the duration of the common cold that's been shown in many clinical studies. And I think that most of us need at least 45 milligrams a day of zinc. And part of the issue is that we're eating a very copper-rich diet, especially people that are on a vegan or raw food diet. They're eating too much copper, be it organic copper in the diet, which is going to compete with zinc, which is the antagonistic mineral. So taking additional zinc or any kind of zinc lozenges during this time, I think is a real surefire recipe for success. Mm -hmm.
0: I think that's such a great point. And there's still, I think, a lot of confusion around zinc and copper. And I think um, zinc is such an ally for us. And we know that, um, you know, herbicides like glyphosate deplete the zinc in our soil, and we're just not getting that in our food supply. So we have, you know, very similar uh, thoughts. Zinc can make you a little nauseous, everybody, when you take it, so just space it out. But it's, um, yeah, one of our favorites. And then would magnesium, was that the other mineral you were thinking about um, highlighting today?
1: No, but let's talk about magnesium. Uh, The one I was thinking of was iodine, actually. I think we'll shed a light on iodine. But if we talk about magnesium, I think people need to know that it's nature's chill pill. (laughs) So in, in a time when everybody is so triggered, I mean, I can see it on Facebook. I see it with my family. I see it with my friends, certainly with my fans. I think we need to understand that magnesium is exceedingly important in over 400 bodily processes. We know this. And I believe that if... If you are 100 pounds, you need at least 5 milligrams of zinc per pound of body weight. So 5 times 100 means at least 500 milligrams. I think the issue with magnesium, Dr. Christine, is that people are not taking enough. I like it. Staggered throughout the day, maybe 400 in the morning, maybe another 200 if you can tolerate that middle of the afternoon, and I personally take another 400 at night. So up to 1,000 mg has been found to really lower blood pressure, and that is another Kind of overriding element that individuals that seem to get a more severe case of this particular virus have very high blood pressure. And so let's keep our blood pressure down, let's get more chilled in the air, let's get more chill, let's get more relaxed, let's get more immuno. Um, you know, um, Impressive, not suppressive, but immuno-impressive. And let's let's also think about magnesium because it's so good to quell the anxiety and nervousness, which seems to be palpable in this day and time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Do you have a form of uh, magnesium that you like, magnesium glycinate versus others?
1: I like the glycinate. I like the threonate. I like the orotate. I created a vitamin... It's a magnesium called MAG-Key, which has four different kinds of cofactors. So I like a whole bunch of different cofactors. Yeah, a little bit of everything. It'll go a long way with magnesium. For people that can't take pills, I'm a believer in homeopathy. Even the MAG-FOS is very good at a 6X potency. So however you're going to get it, if you get a bath, if you get an Epsom salt bath, you'll get your magnesium. Magnesium is here to stay. It's exceedingly important, and it's also a good... It's a good minerals, especially for the skin, because it seems to be important for holding fluid in the skin itself. So for those of us that want to ward off wrinkles and aging signs, I think magnesium is a beautifier as well as a calming agent. Great side effect, right? Great side effect. Yeah, who knew what's a wonderful side effect? And it's one of the reasons I think that years ago, many of the older estheticians used to use chamomile. They used to use chamomile in their facial um, procedures. You know, you would steam your face over a bowl of chamomile tea. I remember going into New York, Dr. Christine, with my very sensitive skin, and going into Georgia Klinger's salon. It was the only salon in those days that did it. facials. And so there, I mean, I'd come out as high as a kite because I was so relaxed from the chamomile. Because you couldn't help but you know take a, a good sniff in that the real chamomile herb that they used. But I. Had a feeling it is really a beautifier when used topically as well Mm
0: -hmm. I love these tips I actually have a spa in Seattle that was forced to close yesterday and we will be reopened in April but these are all you know great tips to share with the spa clients as well So, moving on to iodine. So, (laughs) I
1: yeah, I love iodine. There's a lot of misunderstandings surrounding iodine. But I used to test the serum, the loading iodine levels. Actually, it wasn't serum iodine. It was it was urinary iodine. We found that I would say 9 out of 10 of the clients were very, very deficient in iodine. And and I mean, the research seems to indicate that iodine has decreased probably over 50% over the last 50 years. So the recommended daily intake is totally inadequate to supply enough iodine to be antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal. So I think we need a lot more iodine, particularly when we're trying to ward off any kind of uh, viral infection. And to me, uh, taking an iodorol capsule, which is a 12.5 milligram, maybe half of one three or four times a week makes sense. And and it's suggested by many of my research experts that you could increase your daily iodine to 25 milligrams for four days and reduce the dose to that one half of the 12.5 milligram cap maybe three to four times a week. So that's another way of really shoring up the system because the understanding is that there is no parasite, there's no fungus or virus that, that is not resistant to iodine. Mm-hmm.
0: And we have used iodine over the years, even prior to what's going on right now. We'll have people uh, get a nebulizer, and a nebulizer is something that will kind of make a medicine of vapor for you to inhale into your lungs. And we would do an iodine nebulization, especially people who had uh, chronic pathogens in the lung. Um, and so I think that that could be another application, um, you know, right now as well.
1: Yeah, and what concerns me is that people that have any preconceived issue going on with their lungs could be more susceptible to this particular kind of virus, so whatever we can do to shore up the lungs to me is so important. And that's where a very important antiviral comes into play, which was used during the 1918 pandemic, you know, the flu virus of 1918. I had a teacher that remembered that, by the way, Dr. Christie. Oh, wow. When I I was a student of hers back in the early 70s, she talked about the 1918 flu epidemic, which I had heard nothing about at that point. I was a very young girl. And, And I come to see this particular antiviral now re-emerging, and it was Lomation. Are you familiar
0: with that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think Lomation is a wonderful herb to highlight right now.
1: So that unfortunately you can't find it anywhere, but it's it's so po- it's popular because it, it has that kind of notoriety. So that's particularly helpful because it, it can help any of these influenza based pneumonias. So that would be a real important one to highlight. And another one is is the uh, stone stonebreaker, which t- typically is supposed to be good for the kidneys, but we've also found that it's strongly antiviral. And so it's very interesting to see which kind of herbs are coming up to the to the to the Play right now to kind of battle this emerging issue mm-hmm.
0: yeah great reminders of those herbs and we're you know again of course the supply and demand issues right now but we um are recommending andrographis as one of our antiviral to consider at this time
1: yes excellent excellent one very specific for the lungs excellent idea
0: um, so Anne Louise, have we covered all of kind of the um, vitamins, minerals, herbs you'd like to cover before moving into other strategies to uh, really improve our immune systems right now?
1: I think we're giving, I don't want to put anybody on overload. So we're talking about melatonin number one up to 20 milligrams time released a day, the vitamin A loading dose of 100,000 IUs. We're talking about vitamin C to load into a loading dose. We're talking about Uh, the vitamin A, we're talking about zinc, we're talking about iodine, selenium and magnesium. I think we've covered just about everything. And there's certain antiviral foods though that I think need a little attention, don't you?
0: Yeah, I'd love that. Food, everyone has to eat every day. So let's see how we can support our immune systems with food.
1: So you want to be on, and I'm not certain if this specifically has anything to do with this particular virus, which seems to have some unusual characteristics, but just to be on the safe side, I would tell people to have a higher lysine than arginine diet, because we know that arginine is, is an amino acid that factors into virus. So to stop any replication of virus in general let's lower our arginine which means you lower your intake of a lot of nuts and seeds and oh people will really balk at this even coconut chocolate and the like so arginine arginine on the decrease on the descent and on the ascent would be lysine which you can get a lot of protein food so it just doing a little tweak here and there, and then of course increasing your intake of mushrooms. I'm a big believer in mushrooms because I think that they're natural polysaccharides in their cell walls, which are very, very immuno, Enhancing, they're known as beta glucans, and I think this is important because it can really boost our own immune defense. So, mushrooms I like the shiitake, the right. maitake, I like mane. anything that's edible. I make sure that it's organic, I would cook it well, and I would eat them at least once a day. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. That's a great strategy. I think we think of, you know, of course, mushroom supplements, but yes, mushrooms in our food um, absolutely.
1: And you know the other thing that I think is important, and I and I it, it just occurred to me that this is the time of year when the weather is still kind of cold out, so it's still winter in many areas of the United States. So I would be eating foods that are warming. I wouldn't be eating a lot of raw foods that are so cooling for the body. I think what is nourishing and warming and enhancing of immunity has to be foods that are at least at body temperature. Mm-hmm. Do you
0: like those um, blends, like the fire cider type, you know, herbal blend? With the ginger and the cayenne and the lemon and the apple cider vinegar, that type of warming, um, you know, um, warming combinations could be good for not only our digestion but our immunity right now.
1: Oh, I love that! My favorite warming tea is something called Bengal Spice from Celestial Seasonings, and it's a, and it, the reason I particularly like it for this time of the year is because it has a very aromatic flavor and aromatic uh, aroma. I don't know if that's a double entendre there, aromatic aroma. The, the point is that it has a wonderful smell. And I think one of the ingredients in there that, I've, that I'm that very particularly fond of that I seem to gravitate to is cardamom, which is so good for the liver because this, this is also liver cleansing time because we're going into spring. Mm-hmm. But it also has a little bit of cloves in there. And we know that clove oil has the highest amount of antioxidants of any spice that we know of. So to me, any way that you can get your antioxidants, your immune enhancing substances in the diet, especially with, with foods, with with water, with your beverages, you know, you go for it. You can't do too much of a good thing. This is when too much of a good thing is not too much of a good thing.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and Louise, uh, you are the liver flesh expert, and, the, you know, we look to you so much about how to support and uh, increase the flow of bile, which I think is one of the key things I can do for my patients. And so just um, how you lend, lend yourself that we're almost in spring, I think having a healthy liver and healthy um, bioflow is um, really part of the foundation of health and our immune system. So any um, any tips, I know you've talked about this so much, but any um, practical tips that people can implement um, in their life to support bioflow and really um, getting their livers cleansed?
1: Yeah, you know, I I think if we look at one or two things that you could do right now, and this could align very well with um, being so proactive against the virus, that would be adding more bitters to your routine, whether it's bitter herbs. and Ginger is considered a bitter herb in that regard as well. Whether it's bitter greens, whether it's arugula, whether it's watercress, whether it's endive more bitters would, are better at this time of the year. And that's because they're so important for thinning the bile and getting your digestion intact. So I think adding bitters to the diet would be helpful. And I also think that if you want to really clean out your liver, look at the degreasing. This is another uh it's another vitamin that I'm thinking of, and that is choline. The degreaser of all is choline. It is it is way overlooked in my estimation, but the old timers always looked to choline. And what we found with recent research is that at least 500 milligrams three times a day will defat a fatty liver in about six weeks. So any way that you can get a little extra choline into your body would be very, very well uh, taken because it is so important in cutting out the greasiness. Yes. So it cuts the grease, it, it, it can decongest the bile, very important for liver cleansing. There are not a whole lot of foods that are rich in choline, but I can think of your uh, non-GMO lecithin would be a source and even some uh, sunflower lecithin.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, would you consider eggs a source of choline, or are they working against us, um, with cleansing and liver? Well, well,
1: well, they they are. But what I learned from my radical metabolism is that eggs are one of the primary allergens that mm-hmm. that make people's gallbladders hurt. So, in other words, if you have gallstones, the inflammation created by the eggs. The inflammatory response with people particularly that are sensitive uh, kind of negates their use and their choline, uh, called, and negates them as a choline source. So I would suggest using the lecithin in a smoothie or taking a supplement there. And again, that's 500 milligrams three times a day. And the best supplements to thin down in total for your liver and to help metabolize your hormones are the choline at 500 milligrams three times Today, accompanied by methionine at the same amount and inositol, those three elements are the biggest liver cleansers and will help transform all of the different estrogen metabolites into usable estriol. So those are real tips that people can use, even though you can find some of these elements in food and some people think you have to go to food. I don't know other sources that are really, really high in inositol and methionine that I think are totally reliable.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, Anne Louise, you are relaunching your Radical Metabolism book. Is that correct?
1: Yes, we relaunched it. This week, as a matter of fact, so welcome aboard to our paperback version of Radical Metabolism. And I'm so pleased and so honored that they're putting this out in paperback, because it became a national bestseller when it was out for a month. So clearly, we've hit a national pulse, so to speak. And I think, Dr. Christine, it's because I talk about those women that are over 40, are no to slow losers, that have a sluggish metabolism, low thyroid, and have no gallbladder. So I'm the only person that's writing about that. And it's such a shame because so many of us that are so diet conscious think we're doing everything right with our ketogenic and paleo diets, but we're eating too much fat that we can't digest because we're lacking bile salts.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's such a great point. And how, I mean, where do you stand with the diet if people are recommend, if they are supporting their um, bile salts? Do you feel like keto and paleo work well for them? Or are you steering them into more of a, um, you know, more balanced diet? Where, what do you think about that right now?
1: oh, I want them all to get onto to a cleaner keto, a kinder and gentler keto, and that's radical metabolism. It's very compatible with many of the principles that they've learned, but I make the fats cleaner, and I give them the ability to digest the fats in the first place.
0: Love it. One thing that you tie in that I think is really important to highlight is the connection between the thyroid and the gallbladder. I see that a lot in my practice, and can you speak to that?
1: Well, you know, I uncovered that, Dr. Christine, by accident. I began noticing that many individuals that had had their gallbladders out started to develop hypothyroidism within two to three months, and we discovered that there was some interesting research to suggest that when bile is secreted, it also triggers an enzyme, the T, the, the enzyme to transform T4 into the usable T3 much more successfully, so that when you secrete To break down fats, in that process, you're also enabling your thyroid to become more activated. And I never knew there was a connection until I read the research from the University of Finland as well as some of the Harvard researchers. So, so I think this is an overlooked area, and then it means that if you have your gallbladder out or if there's something going on with your thyroid, I think it works both ways. I think you have to balance the thyroid if you've got your gallbladder out and if you've got your, your thyroid is dysfunctional and there's a low thyroid, you've got to work on the, uh, the gallbladder, whether that's a gallbladder supplement or whether that's a bile supplement, which is a bile Builder type supplement. I had to create something because there was nothing on the market that I thought contained all the nutrients that the body needed to keep the bile free flowing and uncongested. So, if you don't have bile to secrete when you're eating fat, the bottom line is you need some sort of supplemental support, some sort of um, alternative. And that's where the supplement comes in very handy, as well as the bitters and maybe the herbal bitters that you can get at a good health food store.
0: Yeah, no, I'm so happy that you you taught me that um, the connection between bile and the T4 T3 conversion. And when I um, learned that, I saw that so clearly, you know, in my patients. So there's a very strong connection uh, to the thyroid and uh, gallbladder that I see in practice. So that's a, I think a huge pearl that we're sharing with people. And then, Anne Louise, I know that you you touched on um, you know the whole coconut and MCT oil fad, and um, you know I know that uh, you have maybe some other ideas or other oils to think about, but what are your thoughts about MCT oil and what alternatives do you like?
1: Well, I think they probably have their place in the diet, but they're not a source of essential fats, which I think is so important for the structure of the cell membrane and for the fuel of the mitochondria. So that's where the good omega-6s come into play. And I'm a proponent, as I think you know, Dr. Christine, of the hep seed oil, which is a good source of the omega-6, so important for the structure of the cell membrane. And it's also important in this day and time because it protects against radiation. So I'd love to see everybody that's got skinish issues, that have taken radiation therapy, that live near a nuclear plant, that are involved with a lot of EMFs, as we all are on a daily basis, take one to two tablespoons of hemp seed oil and see the difference in your skin. Mm-hmm.
0: Love it. And then I guess um, in closing, do you, you mentioned EMF and I know um, you've been a pioneer in looking at this, uh, do you feel like that plays a role in our immune system at this point in time?
1: I think it's the tipping point. I'll tell you something, Dr. Christine. If I looked at the the greatest toxins in this day and age, I think glyphosates would be number one, nanoaluminum number two, and EMFs number three. So to me, that's the tipping point. It makes mold, fungus, and virus much more uh, invasive because I think it breaks down your cell communication and it dysregulates calcium. So there's a lot to be said about reducing your EMF exposure and supplementing your system with important uh, immune supporting elements like the vitamin A that we talked about in the beginning of our discussion, the vitamin C, the zinc, the magnesium, the melatonin, and that's where melatonin really shines because EMFs can really zap melatonin. So in getting all of your immunity in, in, in shore or shored up because of the virus, you're also helping to protect against EMFs. It's beautiful, the circle comes full round. Mm-hmm.
0: You're speaking our language. I love hearing this from your perspective. We're We're, we're doing the same thing um, in Seattle. And it's just, yeah, it's refreshing to hear your perspective because I know you have so much experience and are so knowledgeable. So, so yes, yes, I am so glad we're getting this information out. Is there anything else, Anne Louise, that um, you feel we need to cover or share? I know that you just, you shared so much important information that I feel is very actionable for people who are uh, listening to this right now. So I'm so grateful uh, for this conversation, but anything that we missed before we wrap up?
1: I think I don't want people to be on overload. I think what's important is to take your health into your own hands. Most of us as health practitioners are just two steps ahead of our patients. Most of them are keeping up on all the latest viral updates as well as we are, but there's no need to panic. What's important is to keep your immunity so that your body becomes that invincible, that's the word that I misused, not invisible, invincible fortress. And I think it's easily done with all the tools that we've outlined.
0: Love it. So Ann Louise, how can people find out more about you? I know that you have a product line as well. So please share that, you know, with our audience. And then um, please share us, uh, with us when you're, it sounds like your new book is already out. So um, let us know where to find everything.
1: AnnLouise.com, A-N-N-L-O-U-I-S-E.com.
0: Love it. Well, it was so fun connecting with you today. And I just love all that you've shared. And I, I can't wait for us to talk again. And
1: um, until next time. So thank you. Stay safe, we need you, you're a real life. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi
0: everyone, I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Dr. Ann Louise Gittleman. I had so much fun learning from her and she gave us so much practical information to take home. Please check out her website, annlouise.com, and please stay up to date. We are working very quickly here at Sophia Health Institute to bring more of the information that we do every day with our patients to our online community. We are actually going to be uh, highlighting a group liver flush online in the coming week and we'll be giving more information soon so please stay healthy and well and I hope everyone is doing okay so thank you